Silver, a show about sports, art, and the space they share. My name is Abigail Smithson, and I am your host. On today's episode, Abdi Farah is back on the show to discuss all things NBA Finals and whether basketball gods exist or not. We will also preview a little bit about our future episode on visual branding in sports. Before we get into the conversation today, um, I just want to touch on an event that happened during Game 3 of the NBA Finals at Oracle Arena in Oakland. For those of you who have not been following the Finals, the Golden State Warriors are playing the Toronto Raptors this year. And during Game 3, Kyle Lowry, the point guard for the Toronto Raptors, chased after a loose ball and ran into some people that were sitting courtside, uh, which is a fairly common occurrence that players go after loose balls um, or somehow fall into people that are sitting right alongside the court. It's, um, it's not a huge deal. Anyways, he, he sort of ran into a few people, and as he was getting up, this man sitting there, um, who had not been knocked over by him, or had where he was sitting was not completely affected, but it was, it was close by, pushed Kyle Lowry, and then went on to swear at him, curse at him multiple times. It was found out later on that this man, um, Mark Stevens, is a minority owner of the Warriors. So not only is it just awful behavior to touch a player and to touch them in a violent way, uh, even if you don't mean to hurt them, but to still touch them in a violent way, as just a spectator or fan, uh, a normal person just going to the game, Mark Stevens is a representative of the team. He's a minority owner of this team who decided to physically push um, a player on the other team and then curse at him uh, repeatedly. So this is a issue that uh, oftentimes people who are watching the game can feel that they have some sort of... Uh, right to maybe touch touch a player or yell at a player, say something rude to a player that they, you know, is on the other team or something like that. And it's just really, really awful behavior. And I'm just, uh, Abdi and I during this episode get into a lot of sort of the privilege of being a Warriors fan these past few years. And that's what I've experienced is that my team is has been the favorite. They've been... Um, uh, sort of, you know, been to the finals for the past um, five years. And so that's been really exciting. Um, it also just feels like this um, has, if this is if this is the series that the Warriors lose in um, this year and if this is the end of their dynasty, this is just an awful way to go out. And I think that this really touched on some of the things that Abdi and I talked about in this episode about being a fan of basketball versus being a fan of a team. And even though I love the Warriors and I am I'm not rooting against them, I'm rooting for them and I want them to win, I also am a fan of basketball and I like basketball players. I like what they do and I want them to be treated with respect, especially when we see these dynamics play out on the court that that reflect our current some of our current social issues in the country. And I just, I think it's really important that we call sort of poor behavior, poor behavior, and say it 
repeatedly. It doesn't matter um, whose team Mark Stevens is rooting for and what team he owns. Like he, that is problematic, and and he has been banned by the NBA for one year um, from attending any games, and he's been charged half a million dollars. But that doesn't really necessarily feel like it's enough because um, if Kyle Lowry were to have pushed him back or done something to him, this Kyle Lowry would have been maybe treated differently or had severe punishment that could have affected these finals um, in a more drastic way and his career. So a one-year ban for someone and a half a million dollars to someone who is a billionaire uh, does not necessarily feel like it it is teaching the lesson that it needs to teach that you don't get to just touch anyone's body that you want to if you feel threatened by them or bothered by them or annoyed by them there that is just so inappropriate and such such poor behavior and um it's very embarrassing and i think that as a basketball fan i um i'm annoyed and i see that that is uh manifesting itself for me in in making it hard for me to root against the Raptors. To be honest, it's making it hard, hard for me to root against the Raptors. But as a Warriors fan, it's so hard to root um, against the Warriors. I love the Warriors, and I want them to, to win. So I just want to explain a little bit of where I'm coming from with that, and I'll get into it more with Abdi. And it's just a, a tricky thing that, that really there needs to be a clear line that you really can't touch other people's bodies that you don't know. Um... And players need to feel safe on the court from spectators. It's really, really important. Okay, thanks so much for listening. Here we go. I was thinking maybe the theme of our discussion tonight partly could be like I'm a sort of spoiled, privileged Warriors fan and you're my therapist. (laughs) Okay, I can definitely be that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You're talking me through some of my anxieties and so that was just a a thought I had. Um, But first maybe we could talk just about because last time we talked was before the playoffs started, and I was really concerned oh, about that's Houston. True. And a lot has um, happened. A lot has happened, and a lot with Philly, and just um, I also, and just you know, with different um, the the Pelicans getting the um, first pick in the draft and things like that. So, oh my god, we just need to catch up a little bit on current events, and then um, yeah, <laughs> you'll do some analysis. <laughs> sounds sounds great. I'm I'm down for whatever. Yeah. So. Um, as as a fan of basketball and a fan of the NBA, and when we talked last, you said, you know, the Warriors are probably going to win, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm wondering how have the playoffs been for you? Like, have you been enjoying the games? Has it been exciting? Yeah. It's been a very exciting playoffs, and it's partly because it's almost – the Warriors are playing with a couple hands tied behind their backs, which Mm -hmm. is kind of exciting. Um, If Durant was playing, I hate all the news talk about like, are the Warriors better without Durant or whatever. I hate that conversation, but it is making for way more exciting basketball games. I've really enjoyed these first two games of the finals. Mm -hmm. Um, Toronto is a great team and they've, they've grown on me in a way. Not that I'm like rooting. I actually, it's one of the few times I don't have an actual rooting 
interest. I wouldn't be super upset if either team wins. I kind of like both teams. Um, but they didn't seem all that strong against Philly. Right. They were struggling against Philly, and they've been gaining steam in a way. Philly should be kicking themselves because for all their flaws, they have so many flaws, they're a crazy four-bounce shot from maybe being in the finals right now. <laughs> Totally. With this weird team that, like, you never know how how long Joel Embiid is going to last or if they're going to keep this Ben Simmons-Joel Embiid thing together. Um, so I'm not sure if they take solace in that or if they're just distraught that they were that close. But it has made the playoffs really exciting. I love that um, Philly-Toronto matchup. Uh, I liked... I don't know what happened in Milwaukee. Well, I think a lot of their flaws got exposed. Um, And, yeah, the Portland series, I kind of didn't watch any of that with the Golden State Warriors. I kind of had a feeling the Warriors are going to roll them. But the Houston six-game series, that was riveting. That game six where Steph (sighs) went into the time machine and became like 2016 MVP Steph or 2017 MVP Steph was so fun to watch. Oh my goodness. He's such a, he's just an assassin. He's a murderer. And it's, I love watching. I know. Like Chris Paul and James Harden. I love the people on the basketball court that don't really seem like basketball players. Like that seems crazy to, say about Steph Curry because he definitely seems like a basketball player he's like born into basketball right. but he's he's definitely the kind of person where if you don't follow sports and you're walking down the aisle at the grocery store he just doesn't seem like a basketball totally, player but yeah. James Harden and even Chris Paul even though he's short he kind of carries himself with that like I've been the best basketball player my whole life <laughs> yes. and for this like kind of like baby face skinny assassin to just like rip their hearts out. I love watching that every single time I see it. Yeah, <laughs> and he does it regularly. Wild. And it's so, I mean, it's so, um, I guess the word is gentle for me. Like it's not, um, <laughs> he just, it feels like he's dancing in some way or it just, it feels it, it. He is an assassin, but he's also like, it's delicate the way he scores, whether he's driving or, um, shooting a three or whatever it is, it just feels so delicate to me. Yeah, those runners, like oh, he had a couple so yesterday. Those like runners off the glass. And yes. if he if he misses one, I'm surprised because it's just his touch every single place on the court. He just has, uh, uh, I don't know, I had a friend who called him like a kinesthetic genius. I don't know what that means, but uh, I was like, that sounds right. It's just every he knows where he is all the time, um, but I will say I really like this finals, and it's because Toronto's given him some fits, and Fred Van Vliet is playing fantastic defense on yes Stephen Curry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's, there's he's definitely not nothing is is coming easy in this series. So no. Far. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, that is like a concerning, a concerning thing because, uh, but also, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I guess that everyone's going to be making adjustments for game three, but, um, they, they can, 
I think defenders can find a way to just kind of keep him as a non-factor minus paying all that attention to him. Well, I mean, it's, it's less about Steph because Steph is a wizard with the ball. He's going to, he's going to be able to move around the court, but you really saw in that last like five to 10 minutes, what the secret to the Warriors, well, they won. So they kind of gutted it out, but the floor really shrinks in a way when they don't have at least two shooters out there. Mm-hmm. And when Clay went down, it's like they could really key in on Steph. And without Clay, without KD, that was a really good win because, and Toronto should kind of feel bad today. <laughs> I think they, it it's looks like silly we lost they... to the Warriors without Clay and KD. Oh my goodness! Right, and it's just I, I think it was. I realized that Andre Iguodala is not some sharpshooter, and that oftentimes he shoots threes and they don't go in. But no, nah, he's a that, baller though. Yeah, like you have to at least step up on him, <laughs> like just to show that you know you're. It's the it's the last shot they're probably going to take in the game. It's like there's not every player needs to be underneath the basket. Um, so I, I was kind of surprised that they just let him 100% hit the ball for two counts in his hand, you know, before he decided to shoot. I like, think, Yeah, I think they thought Kawhi was going to come up with that steal. Like right, it, yes. Steph threw, a, Sh- Steph threw a terrible pass. Sean Livingston. Um, and Sean Livingston saved his ass. So clutch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he, he gives, like, the no look. You always forget they have so many skilled players, but Sean Livingston, I, I love his career. I, I love him as a player. He was so highly recruited coming into the league. He's going to be this revolutionary six seven, whatever tall he is, point guard, like this new Magic Johnson, and he still has those, even like kind of transitioning into this yeah. more small forward role post-injury. He gave this really, if you watch the replay, he gave this really subtle, like, like look away. So he looks off maybe Steph or somebody else, kicks it to uh, Andre Godala, but that was, like, just enough to shift the defense, the whole weight of the defense, like, away mm. from Andre Godala and give him that extra second and a half to shoot it. Yeah. And I knew it was going in. Like, Andre Godala is not a good shooter. <laughs> And I knew it was going in because he's a he's he's a G and he's a baller. He's a basketball player. He's like, we're going home. We're not taking this to. Right. We're not giving them another chance. I'm putting this ball in the basket. Yes, yeah, I know. It, just, it does feel like, even though I wouldn't say that's the person I want taking the game winning shot, I'm also like, yeah. I mean, I super trust him with the ball. Most, yeah. You know, like so he's so. Um, like talk about stepping up and just like being like whatever needs to be. Yeah. He, he's just a really solid guy. I feel like we need to jump into this therapy session just oh, because sure. um we're already so close. Um Yeah, don't don't rush yourself either. I'm uh <laughs> um uh yeah, we're good. <laughs> Great. No, I'm just feeling like it's already gonna it's gonna come out no matter what. Um yeah. I'm feeling as though the basketball gods are on the side of Toronto. <laughs> and I am, I'm just, I guess it's so easy for me to kind of get, um, kind of hate the Rockets. Like if the Warriors are playing the Rockets, like I can work myself up and, and get, uh, angry and aggressive, whatever. 
towards the Rockets, and I even have that a little bit with Portland, but not as much. But the Raptors, it's just like, I don't know. There's something about, like, the team and, and the place and, and the history of and their first time in the finals, and it just feels like, um, yeah, it's just... They're Canadian. They're nice, I know, you know? they're Canadian. They're <laughs> nice, and, like, you know, the whatever is wrong with the United States, like, Canada, Canada gets some of it right. Like, I just... Um, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm on the wrong side of history rooting for the Warriors. Whoa, but I, I whoa, can't pause, help it. pause, pause. <laughs> First of all, you've already won three championships. <laughs> I know, and I mean I want to win another. Like I want to win another, but I think part of me wanting to win another is because I don't and this may sound super um silly, but it's I just don't want I don't want like Clay Thompson to be sad. Like I want, I, <laughs> you know, just like when I'm watching them, I, it's really hard whoa, for me to watch whoa. them lose. Sorry. Okay. So I'm, I'm wow. unloading a lot. So let's no, just I, I keep, keep unloading, keep unloading. <laughs> so, I mean, even during the regular season, I have a really hard time with watching them lose. I remember the first time they were in the finals in 2015, like I wouldn't really eat dinner when they were playing. I just was so like my stomach was just so worked up about um I was so nervous and I was nervous to see them lose I was nervous to see them win like the whole thing and it was just um and then 2016 like that was just a mess and I just that was a mess that was a mess (laughs) um and I think this whole thing with KD getting injured and being out um and this kind of revisiting what they had before him, which I don't think is better than what they have with him now. I think there's 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 value in both, and I, I appreciate and love both. But now I, I'm having these sort of um, throwback feelings to how they played before where it was just like, what just happened? How did that just happen? Um, and it was so it was so thrilling. And I just... I The way that Draymond Green is playing right now is incredible to me, um, and that he's become kind of like a... I mean, maybe not physically every time, but he's kind of a point guard right now. Um, he's in a sense. so good. He's, he's so, so good. good. <laughs> I just I can't get over him with the rebounding and the directing and the passing and the and the, the these like nice little layups. Like he's just he's, he's like a, a near perfect basketball player that has this fatal flaw that he somehow has forgot to shoot, but he's still completely effective in all ways. Right. I don't know. Keep keep going. Yeah, so I just, I, I, um, you know, and it was really, it was so incredible when Kawhi Leonard hit that shot, and it was also so, and I was so worked up about that and so excited, just as a basketball fan, but I also, it was so heart-wrenching to see Joel Embiid just crying at that same moment, that oh. there was, like, this <laughs> tackling of Kawhi, and there was this, like, sort of, that he just was, you know... Losing it, um, and I don't want to. Wait, see... that's not your favorite part. That's like the best part. No, no, it's like it all is... <laughs> the human emotions it's so together. Amazing. It's like it's a, great. It's, yeah, it's like I don't know. It's a perfect. <laughs> no, no, I know, and it's all encapsulated in one place. I just, I'm not ready to see the players on my team crying, <laughs> um, li- like that. Like, and I don't want to see anyone. I mean. I appreciate it, and I there's value in it, and it makes the game so good. But I guess it's just a silly, it's just a silly reason for me to not want them to lose. But I just, I I don't want to see them like physically lose, you know. If and I also think it's so hard because, you know, 
I love my basketball podcast and I love checking basketball news, but when they lose, it's like, I don't want to listen to, I don't want to hear about it necessarily every time. And it's like all of a sudden this narrative yeah, is forming, like true. Katie's out and just like what is normally like a safe space becomes like very toxic. But I've been, I'm, but this again is coming from this like privileged, spoiled place. Um, and a, a little yeah, bit. <laughs> I think completely. Um, so I just, I'm just working through some of this. And I mean, sometimes when they're losing, I just turn the sound off because I can't listen to the like broadcasters. The broadcaster, yeah. Because their Ooh. narratives just <laughs> change so quickly. It's like, oh, so and so isn't playing that well, and blah blah. And then all of a sudden, like you know, Draymond gets a couple rebounds or whatever happens, and the Warriors go on a run. And it's like, oh, he's been doing so well since blah blah blah. It's just like, yeah, God, I can't keep that up part with drives fools. me crazy. Yes, um, and I think yeah, that the, that's. The... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I no, gonna... the uh, I I agree with part of that last thing that you said, where the way you get bombarded, like whatever happens, you get bombarded by whatever that narrative is, or whatever, whatever the I, don't, I hate to say the media, media is such a big thing, mm-hmm. um, like this whole thing with like, oh KD, this KD's worst nightmare for them to be doing good without him and all that. I, I hate that. But the actual gameplay on the court, I don't know. I think you have to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. And I almost don't want I, – I wouldn't want one without the other. I don't know. Like, <laughs> for no. some reason, yes. like the Warriors losing in 2016, even though they got KD and they became this kind of invincible – juggernaut in a way it humanized them in a way like if they've just won four straight finals I, I, you gotta have some adversity I, I love that Toronto's not rolling over like this is the actual no. good finals there's actually a competitive series I honestly if you tell me two weeks from now that Toronto won I wouldn't be surprised if you tell me the Warriors won I wouldn't be surprised um, and that's exciting I don't think I would want I think there has to be something on the line. Like if you just knew that at the end of this, Clay and Steph are going to have some big hug and everyone's going to be happy and there's going to be another <laughs> uh, parade in San Francisco and all that. It's like, okay, yeah. It's, but if every time they lace up their sneakers, it's in the balance, that's exciting to me. Like I like the real in-game moment-to-moment, like, ooh, we might lose this one. Oh, we might win this. And you could see, I think, I think you'd be surprised, not surprised, but I think the players are more okay with that. And they like that part of things sometimes more than the fans. Like the fans like to know that everything's going to be okay. And I think the players like the competition. I don't know. No, I totally agree that like they come out harder when they've lost or when, you know, whatever the narrative being pushed by the media is such and such, uh, they're not gonna be able to win without KD. And then they come out like KD hasn't been on the team ever. (laughs) I mean, playing, (laughs) playing with such cohesion that they took out this like central figure. And now it's like, he's, I mean, we need him, but it's, it's just, so I agree that it seems like they play harder when there's more on the line. And as a basketball fan, these, the finals this year are already better than the finals last year. Like they're already more. A thousand percent. Completely. Um, 
I just, I get, yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's so silly. It, it's just a very kind of like um, basic reaction to like my team must win rather than, rather than approaching it from this, um, what makes this sport so compelling. And yeah, it's more for you. Like it's more, it's selfish. we get tied up. <laughs> yeah. Our like self-worth gets tied up with the teams we were root for. So it's like, if the Warriors lost, I lost. If like some, if like I run into some Toronto person two weeks from now and Toronto wins, are they better than me? Or they have something over me? They get to celebrate this for this year, and I don't get to celebrate this for this year. <laughs> it's more. I don't know. It's yeah. It's I don't. Yeah. It's more for. I mean, I guess it's it's for the fans. So it's it's right that I'm sure the NBA loves that you're this invested in it, but I don't think you need to worry about Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, I always like to, I don't know, I, I used to get really worked up about Ravens games, mm-hmm. and the Ravens are a good team, but they've definitely like had their share of kind of soul-crushing losses. And I remember one time after a Ravens game, I, I just got so upset, and my mom was watching it, and she hates football, and she... I like turn the TV off and I'm yelling or something. And she's like, my, my life didn't change whether they win or lose. And I was like, that just like stuck. (laughs) She just was completely like, uh, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like I still got to go to work tomorrow. Like we're still eating chicken tonight for dinner. Like whatever they they won or they lost. Yeah. Clay Thompson's going to be fine. <laughs> no, he is. And he already is fine and he will continue to be fine. I, and I know, I know that from a logical standpoint. Um, and I think that that your mom's perspective is a really healthy way of maybe looking at sports, <laughs> um, as far as, you know, um, my life. I mean, because we do get wrapped up. I mean, I get wrapped up in all the, the stories and the um, sort of narratives that go on, and I, I, you know, want to be a part of it. So then I sort of internalize everything, and that's when I have a hard time going to sleep. Uh, <laughs> sort of joking, sort of oh. joking. Um, but I mean, like, I, you know, sometimes if um, I sleep better, knowing the Warriors have won, um, that might also be a problem. <laughs> um, they're not it's the a, only thing that keeps. Do you me. think? Do you think there's a bit of guilt involved I don't know I, wow. I feel like there's this interesting thing like I, I notice it with like Patriots fans and Red Sox fans and I don't know who wins a lot in hockey but because I don't watch hockey right. but like Blackhawks fans or something like and Warriors fans for sure there's this interesting paranoia that winners have where they just feel like at any corner, they're the most stressed people. Like if the Warriors had never won a championship, you would be enjoying this experience so much more. I don't know what you're talking about. about. It's, it's a, it's an interesting like sociological Mm -hmm. experiment in the fact that like, I think a lot of rich people are kind of unhappy. Like they just, they kind of know that they've been, they've won the kind of, I don't know ontological lottery of some kind. I don't know. They they just feel, they just like watch their back and they know that what they've gotten, like they didn't really do it. Because, I mean, 
you're a fan of the team, but you didn't like shoot any baskets. So it's like everything you've been given is kind of this thing that's been dropped in your lap by the actual team of the Warriors. So you you kind of feel like at any moment it can be like ripped away, but it's it's not actually something that you hold. I, I don't know. It's we. I I notice it. Like I don't know. I don't know if you listen to like the Bill Simmons podcast, but he's like yes. obviously like this huge Red Sox and yeah. Patriots fan. And he's so stressed about the Red Sox. It's like they literally won the World Series four months ago. Like they they, they probably <laughs> have beer in the carpet of the locker room. Like it's just like why are you so stressed right now? Oh. Uh, it's interesting. It is really I, interesting. I think it's it's so like true. rich people problems in a way. It is, and it does. It I feel like it is kind of that. Um, I still want it. I still want it to happen, but I, it also is just, um, it, it, you know, the other night I was texting with a friend from Toronto who was, uh, you know, she's not a huge basketball fan, but the Raptors are in the finals. And like, she was kind of talking shit to me and she was like, yeah, it's time Uh-oh. for someone else to win. And I was like, Oh, it is. <laughs> it is time for someone else to win. Like this isn't fair, you know, but I was thinking like, She's got a good point. I mean, that that um, the Warriors are the establishment and it's fun to see like shit burn down and like that taken by someone else. Um, and right. that, that's also a weird. I don't know. I, I don't like thinking of it in those terms. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. It, it's interesting to think about them like it being maybe this will be some sort of solace for you, but that's kind of the beauty of just like brutal competition. It's not somebody else's time. If the Warriors say it's not somebody else's time, like they can just hold on to it as long as they keep winning the games. Like no one deserves, like I get mad at the Patriots every year for winning the Super Bowl, but it's like, all right, somebody else go out and beat them. I don't, it's it's like, no, Toronto doesn't deserve a championship. Someone else doesn't deserve the chance. Whoever puts the ball in the basket and like rips it out of the hands of the other person, they deserve the championship. So it's not. I don't. I don't think you need to worry about some basketball gods kind of creating balance to the universe. There's there's no balance. I don't. <laughs> right. Well, and when I'm watching Draymond Green, it's very unfair. Right. When I'm watching Draymond, I'm like, God, he deserves whatever he gets out of his effort. Like, I mean, of course he deserves another championship when he's playing in this way that seems insatiable. And that's like the big critique of the Warriors is that they're not trying hard enough. They're not hungry enough, I guess, during the regular season. But I mean, they weren't, (laughs) they weren't, but they are now. And this is an important part of the season to be like going after it hard. And um, yeah, I just... I I don't it's just a funny thing because I remember when they won in 2015 like I was hugging strangers um in bars I was you know yep. it was just this thing where I I like didn't want to go to the bathroom for hours at a time in case something happened like it was just yep. such a um magical thing and last year when I watched the last game in a bar like I didn't feel that same urge to like Business as usual, yeah. <laughs> people, you know, and to, to sort of dance in the streets. And um, I, so I think that even though I know that my my feelings have changed, like I still can't, I still w- want it to happen again. You know, it's just a funny thing. 
I I would love to know like the actual psychological connections and titles of that phenomena because it's very very real. I don't I think you would almost be I mean you, you want to hold on to it because there's no like once this core of you're you're kind of seeing you know that inevitably it's going to end. Like inevitably this kind of core four of people is going to break up. People are mm-hmm. going to lose a step. People are going to get old, but you're like, let me squeeze out as many championships as I can. But you still kind of know that there's like a diminishing enjoyment as things get, it, it I don't know. It, I don't know the term, but that you want it because you know, it's finite. Yeah. It's I, all, all that to say, I wouldn't, like I have very little sympathy. For you. Oh my god, no! I don't want your sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that. That isn't what I'm. Um, I'm not trying to get after that. I'm just. Um, I'm just sharing my. No, it's experience. real. It's real. I, I hope, no. Hopefully, hopefully, um, my pragmatism can help in some way. Totally, and I think that you're right. That in some ways, I might be happier in a month if they've lost. I'll just enjoy. It, it will be less stressful than right now. Um, I think you'd be pretty pissed if they if they lose and then somehow kind of rally and come back and win another championship. I think you would really enjoy that one, that kind of like redemptive right. championship. Yeah. And then also if they just roll off this like fourth one, you're not going to be super excited about it right now. It's kind of business as usual, but maybe like five years from now, you're going to look very fond. It's like, man, we had a team that went to five straight finals. Like no other team has done that since like Bill Russell's Celtics. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think that if, depending on what happens with KD in this series, if the Warriors win at home the next game and they continue to win and, and he's not playing like that is also going to add another layer of it being extremely exciting to me. Exciting. Just in the fact that it, it makes the games more difficult to win. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that's yeah. it. And also it just feels like I, um, yeah, maybe I just forgot how nice it is when someone's not like, just like the ISO basketball is not so prominent. <laughs> True. Yeah, so, and there's only one. There's only one basketball, and when KD is using it and Steph is using it, like you see how diminished Draymond's role was, how diminished Clay's role was. So it's not. I hate that KD gets that rap, but it's just there's only one basketball, and right. it's really nice when the best person has the basketball. Yeah. What are your as a as a longer Warriors fan? What are your thoughts on KD right now? Like, there's a way in which the injury kind of humanizes him in a way, and I kind of feel bad for him, even even though he was like a bit of a kind of like I don't know what does that call when when like a play has a ending where it's like God out of the machine or so, I don't know whatever it's like a kind of supernatural fix to some huge oh, problem. He's kind of this, I forgot what that's called. Never mind. Yeah. Forget how I brought it up. <laughs> but he was this kind of like Joker card thrown yes. into the mix. 
And now that he's injured, I feel bad if they like win the championship without him. I kind of feel bad for him, but I also shouldn't feel bad for people. Just like you shouldn't feel bad for Clay Thompson, right? Because and Kevin Durant. I don't know why Kevin Durant in the media seems to feel bad for himself in a way. Like if I was, I, it's it's easy to be like armchair quarterback, but I if if I was an NBA player and I was ever feeling bad, I would just go onto my computer and open up my, like, I don't know, Capital One or Chase Bank account, and <laughs> I, I would just have a huge smile on my face. I don't, right. I don't, I don't know why they're not just grinning ear to ear all the time. But that said, what are your thoughts on KD's current predicament? Oh, yeah, I just, it's so, I mean, when, when that play happened where he strained his, um, whatever he strained his calf or... Um, sure. I I mean it was it, they kept replaying it over and over again and Reggie Miller I hate that. I kept hate it. saying that's just what um who was who was it that also uh, tore their ACL uh, or their Achilles he kept like Reggie Miller just kept referencing other basketball players that had oh Kobe um that had, oh, had that sure. same injury and like that had that same reaction of of like looking backwards and like kind of like they got kicked and the back of their leg and I was just like shut up shut up um <laughs> so um I can't judge KD I can't judge KD even though I think sometimes I'm like you know, like with his burner accounts and his kind of clapping back um it doesn't necessarily seem productive but I don't know he's clearly like been through it with the with leaving Oklahoma City and making the decision that he did and I don't I sometimes I'm like, God, maybe you could make a different decision there. But he, um, since I, yeah, that's just who he is. And, and I can't, I can't fault him for it necessarily. Yeah. I, I generally feel the same way, but <laughs> I don't, I, it shows a little bit of immaturity mm-hmm. and also like a fundamental misunderstanding of what you've chosen to do in life. Um, Like you've chosen to be an entertainer, a athlete and to play your life out in front of millions of people. And it almost seems like he's surprised when like, that people are watching. I don't know. It's like, I don't, totally. You're having reactions. It, it, it's very strange to me. Like I, I listened to this really good podcast with, um, David Chang is like the chef talking to Jerry Saltz, the art critic. Mm-hmm. And Jerry was saying how, of course, Jerry being Jerry, uh, he was basically like telling artists not to take criticism. So difficultly and not to be so upset about it because you chose to be an artist. Like you chose to like a lot of people live, live a life and work jobs where they kind of just are responsible to the people they work with. And then they go home and they're responsible, responsible to their family. But the artist, the entertainer, the like business owner, the whatever has chosen to live a public life. Mm-hmm. So you can't, he uses this phrase of like dancing naked in public because Jerry's a weirdo, so he says that a lot. Um, He's like, you've chosen to, like, dance naked in public, so you have to be okay with whatever comes from that. And 
I, I just find it annoying when athletes don't see themselves as a part of that same ecosystem. I, like, I'm sure it gets annoying, but you you didn't have to be a basketball player. Right, or try to be the best. I mean, they're trying to be the best, um, which comes exactly. with this huge um, following that's good and bad. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate people who enjoy all of it. Like, there are some players who... Like they enjoy when the media is on them. Like they just like they revel in all of it. They wanted the whole package. Like they wanted to be good at basketball and they wanted to be famous. And they like kind of every part of it. Like maybe like Charles Barkley might be a good example right. of that. Yeah, he did. Like kind or of... Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is a great example of that. Like he's a larger than life person. He could have been this person that even though he's seven feet tall, like I feel like a lot of tall people, they almost like they hunch a lot and they kind of hide a lot and they almost try to be the most demure person in the room. But Shaquille O'Neal's like, I'm seven foot two and I'm 400 pounds. I'm going to lean into who I've been kind of blessed by the gods to be. And I'm going to enjoy every part of fame. I'm going to like make rap albums and I'm going to laugh at myself and I'm going to like, joke on the court and I'm going to be okay with the fact that I'm a terrible free throw shooter and people make fun of me all the time for that. And that I'm a little overweight and it's like, you you can either like lean into it or continue to fight against it. Like I feel Katie does. I don't know. I don't know. How we got on that tangent, but <laughs> no, I, I agree that I think that there is some level of comfortability that let's say Shaq or Charles Barkley has, like they joke around about donuts on inside the NBA all the time. And um, all the time, I know it's like enough, but I mean, it's also really charming and enjoyable. And I think that like also LeBron has, has kind of handled his relationship with the media. Well, I think over time and he kind of, um, you know, and, and Russell Westbrook really owns his kind of like, shut it down. I'm not answering your question. Like I'm okay with being a little bit of a, um, I don't know what the right word is to describe how he speaks to journalists sometimes, but just... I think it's just called being an asshole. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was something more academic I could say there. But, um, yeah, just like being an asshole. Like laconic, maybe? Yeah, is that he owns it. Words? <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to sound smart. Um, so I... I, am, I respect that um, and admire it, and I just... I don't know... Katie does not have that same... He does not lean in to whatever um, – he does not lean into his his media persona or um, he seems to kind of enjoy a little bit of um, – I don't know if enjoy is the right way, but, but just like kind of um, – just like a, a back and forth or just having them just not really understand him or be able to nail him down. Um, and I was actually just reading a book about uh, – the Oklahoma City Thunder when they were in the finals um, and that I, I didn't Ooh, know this. What book is that? that it's called uh, Boomtown by Sam, Sam Oh, Anderson. I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's, um, it's, I mean, it's all about sort of the rise of the Thunder alongside the rise of Oklahoma City as a, from the, the beginning, the land run. And I think it's really well done. From an outside perspective, someone who's not, didn't live through the, the, those years of the Thunder and didn't, you know, grow up or spend that much time in Oklahoma City. I think it's really, really interesting. Um, so I guess he was, like, seen as this, like, good guy, that uh, this wholesome 
guy. And that's so funny because it's just different from how I know how he is like kind of packaged and sold by the media or that how his narrative is explained now is that he's kind of mysterious and um, like spiteful <laughs> uh, and um, just sensitive and all these things, which he is or comes off that way sometimes. But um, yeah, I don't I don't always think he's the best at engaging or he doesn't really like lean into to his uh, role. Yeah, I just think he needs to um, he definitely came into the league trying to be that kind of Michael Jordan, like, like every man, not every man, but like spokes, I'm going to be who the media wants me to be kind of person. And he must've got burned somewhere along the road and just made a complete about face. But the thing he does now is he doesn't actually choose a lane. Like he still wants to be, in the mix, like he still wants to give interviews and he still wants to go on podcasts and he yeah. has these like media ventures and all these things, but he's not doing the Russell Westbrook thing who just like shuts it all down. Right. And he's also not doing the other opposite thing of being Steph Curry and being completely comfortable with all of it and just being happy in his own skin in a way. I just think you need to pick a lane because then people will like, if you, gave the impression that you were off limits, I think people would respect it, but you're always kind of dipping back into the water in a way. Right. It, yeah, it's it's not... If I was a media person, I wouldn't really know. It's like, oh, can I say this about Katie? Or is he going to come after me? Or is it going to be... Is he going to be up for the dialogue? I don't know. Like, if it's, okay. if it's some other player, you at least kind of know what your footing is in a way. Yeah. I, I'm just more... Yeah, I'm as a it, it's interesting if I, I think they actually do need Kevin Durant to win those finals, uh, I, but I don't think he's coming back. I don't know if this injury. Yeah, I just I, I think it's kind of worse than they're letting on. I think it's definitely worse than they're letting on. And I do think that I do not enjoy these narratives or I think the narratives that I mean, of course, like. I want to hear people talking about basketball and I want to hear about basketball current events, but I think it, it just happens so fast that these narratives are built around one thing and then all of a sudden it's like the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant and we're just going to run with that and that's going to be this big question that's the headline at NBA.com and I think that that is kind of turns me off a little bit sometimes and not just because it's about Kevin Durant, but just I don't know if that's the best way to... Um, it just doesn't. That doesn't make me like feel good about being a fan. That those stories are written. Yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, sorry to get on that tangent. I a thousand percent agree, and I'm, I like the basketball, and I like a little bit of the kind of outside of the game stuff. But mm. I, I personally, like I like talking about and thinking about Andre Iguodala hitting that shot and how Draymond's playing and all that good stuff. Right. So, yeah, I guess I find that kind of like I can sympathize a little bit with with all the players when whenever they I mean, any like high profile player that has to deal with some um, take like that. I agree with you that I think for the seven game series, it seems as though KD would be really helpful. <laughs> and <laughs> I also think that. They, yeah, you think? Yeah. That's the best player. Oh, my goodness. I know. And it's just also funny because I Kawhi is amazing. Kawhi is an amazing player. And he wasn't discussed that really much good. this this past season because of Giannis, I think, because of um, 
there were just like other dominant players in the East as well. I don't think he got a lot of play, and maybe he doesn't get a lot of play because he also doesn't give a lot outside of the game. Um, nope. Which I love. Actually, I was just thinking one of my favorite <laughs> answers to a question was after, um, oh, what was it? <laughs> I think Kristen Ledlow asked him, like, how does it feel to have won, um, uh, you know, three games in a row against the Bucks?" And he was like, yeah, I'm just experiencing it for the first time, so I don't really know. <laughs> it's just like the best answer that he would just <laughs> He's like, like. I don't have an answer. Yeah, he was like, I'm just, I'm experiencing that as we're having this conversation. So, uh, can we talk about this? Like, when I've actually felt the feelings. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of respect his because you, you also kind of know what you're going to get with Kawhi. Um, as far as yeah, he's chosen his lane. Yes, and the media like, knows. It's like okay, we're not going to get much out of him. Right, he's just like defense, teamwork. Um, like my teammates are, you know, supportive. Blah blah blah. End of discussion. Um, so, I just. Uh, I think that all of a sudden... He said something real basic. He said something so basic last night where he was like, uh, if we don't make baskets, we won't win the game. I think that's fabulous. Yeah, like, that. I just... I I think that there is... I fully support the trolling of the media because I think that dumb questions are being asked a lot of the time and I want smarter questions. So I... I want that pushback on the media, even if it comes off as asshole I mean, I think there's a real difference between Kawhi and Russell Westbrook. Um, Very much. And so I'm, I tend to, like, kind of lean towards the Kawhi side of handling things. But um, I, oh, for sure. I think that there could be some... I just... Uh, yeah, I think some of the questions are just so dumb. Um, so what I was saying is that all of a sudden there's this huge narrative that Kawhi is, like, the best player in the league because Kevin Durant is hurt. But like that wasn't the narrative before, and now it is, and now it's like, yeah, that's that's the truth because that's what everyone is saying, and it's like, of course, Kawhi is a great player, he's one of the best, like he has been, and this like constant needing to like re rank everybody, it's so annoying. I I love the immediate re ranking. Oh my I god! Stop. I absolutely love it because it's it makes it makes the it makes each game meaningful in that ranking and it's Katie's not on the court so he's not playing so he kind of loses his crown in a way I don't I, I like it I like this kind of king of the court mentality where if if Giannis would have beaten Kawhi we'd be like okay Giannis is the best player in the world right now the fact that Kawhi is the best player kind of still in it right now I like like you should be rewarded for being like playing and winning not that like Katie did anything wrong and they haven't actually lost but hey if you're not playing you're you're not better than him right now he's not better than Kawhi Leonard right now like today at the moment it's almost like a stock like it's like Katie stock is down at this precise moment but over like a 10-year span like he's giving you really good returns i don't know of but course no i completely agree Kawhi i agree, on, like, I agree yeah. that it that he does not he's, his name is not in the hat right now for the best player i i agree um i mean I, that's the sad part is he, he really well like he had put the distance between himself and everyone else like right, right up until that 
And the crazy part is that the shot he hurt himself on, like it was like swish. It just like went out on like a, like a, a or did it go in? I think it went in. Yeah, yeah, it went in. Yeah. <laughs> right, and it was he just was like on one fire. of his sort like of, yeah. like 40 a game or something. I know, and yeah, I guess I just, like I, I just think, of, of course Kawhi is one of the best players, and of course Kevin Durant is one of the best players. I'm just like, I, he doesn't need to be, neither of them need to be the best. I guess that's where, because they're both really, really, really amazing. Um, and for me, like, Dream, right. I guess, we- <laughs> like, last night, I didn't even think about Kawhi that often. Like, when we were watching, when I was watching, I didn't think, I just, he didn't factor in a lot to my, I just kind of forgot about him for a little while. Um, and yeah, maybe, he's a machine. That's because he's a machine. He's like the right. the hum of an air conditioner. It just like keeps going, and he hit like sixteen out of sixteen from the free throw line, right. and or like fourteen out of four. It was he's just like very a clock reliable. <laughs> yes, he's yeah. a he's a rock. Um, and I mean, when I really thought about him was when he almost stole that pass. I mean, the way that was shot from the camera's angle. It made no sense that Sean Livingston caught that pass. Like it yeah, literally looks like Kawhi was a foot in front of him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's just an interesting thing, and I think, um, I think that you're right about the good with the bad. I think that's really important. I think that's what made 2015 so exciting was because it was competitive. Um, and it was like, what's gonna, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, um, yeah. So I think if I can focus more just on that and maybe think of it, even though I want to root as a fan, I can also just watch as a basketball fan rather than it being, I guess, getting so tied up into what it means to be a fan of the Warriors and why this matters so much and what's happened in the past four years and what's going to happen in the future. And uh, so, yeah, maybe that's yeah, what I'll, enjoy, I'll on. Enjoy being rich. Like, as a Warriors fan, <laughs> you're basketball rich. So it's like, instead of worrying about, like, what the next quarter returns are, like, enjoy the Porsche you have in your garage and like fancy meals and all like it's like think about how boring it was last year where game one was pretty good and then like the Cavaliers fell apart and then the next four games were just a wash or the next three games were a wash um and then you said you left that bar and you're just like okay you probably like gave a couple high fives half-heartedly yeah shook a couple uh, hands kissed a couple babies (laughs) Yeah, like, wouldn't it be fun to have this riveting, nail-biting, up-and-down series, and whoever comes out of it at the end is like, damn, that was really fun. That was exciting. It was, like, I just watched, uh, you ever seen the movie Scarface? No. Like, the old Al Pacino movie? It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's like a classic, classic, like, drug gangster movie. Um Spoil, spoiler alert, everyone dies at the end. And, like, everyone dying at the end of the movie is kind of the equivalent of, like, maybe your team loses. But it's still a damn good movie, and it's super exciting up until the end. And, yeah, I don't really care that no one survived. <laughs> I don't, right. That's a bad analogy, but maybe it makes a little sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the drama, the excitement. I mean, when yeah. when Kawhi hit that shot, it was like basketball church or something. It was like, oh, this is this type of feeling that I got from witnessing that is like yeah. rises above any sort of um, aligning myself with any team or wanting anyone to win. That's just pure excitement and pure like sort of oh my god. And I so I. I want more of those moments through basketball or it, it's nice to experience um, more of them. And like, even though last night's shot by Andre was so exciting, it's like, that was such a, that was like one one hundredth of what Kawhi shot was, <laughs> you know, as oh, far as sure. the like, Oh my God, where is everyone? Did other people see that? You know, it just, um, so I, it's like a, where were you? You know, um, I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm not trying to rub it in. Oh no, you're, I'm, I'm perfectly zen about it. I, I'm fine. (laughs) No, I know. I actually, I, I watch, I love watching games on the box floor and just seeing like the floor pick up Mm -hmm. so that I saw, I saw the, um, I was like, Oh, Thrash is one. Oh, it was a very close, like last minute. And then you texted me with like a bunch of basketball icons and like Kawhi shot, and I was like, "What did I just miss?" <laughs> so even that was kind of fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it totally. I mean, just experiencing the different, yeah, just from different perspectives. But so yeah, I agree that I want I want a good series, and I want to feel like, um, yeah, that it was just because I think that there was something about the Cavs being the best in the East, but not being able to compete with the Warriors the past two years, really, uh, minus that game one, uh, where it's like, I, it's, it's nice seeing really competitive basketball in the finals. Like, I think that's the way it should be. Um, And when I'm getting nervous now, I'm remembering when I was little and I used to love the Bulls and like the Bulls didn't sweep anyone. Like they, they would always go to six or seven um, and yeah, that's why the highlights are all over, like, ESPN Classic, and, I mean, they're just, like, great games, and they wouldn't shifts. have been that way if they were kind of blowouts. Right, and... I yeah. also don't think you need to be, like, a full, just pure basketball fan. I think you should stay rooted with the Warriors and embrace heartache, potentially. I think that's... like. For everyone who enjoyed that Kawhi shot, it was most enjoyable if you were actually a Raptors fan. Like, what kind of experience was that? That was probably right. euphoric in a way. And I don't think you can, you can't, and it probably wouldn't have been, whatever that emotion was, it was compounded by all the kind of terrible times it's been being a Toronto Raptors fan in the past. Yeah, and in the recent past, like getting swept last year, and then like last year, right? Like Kawhi, that was embarrassing. That was like not good. No, that I mean that was rough. And then with the um, and then just winning against the Bucks, which really like I was not expecting that to happen at all, and it just seemed, um, yeah. So I think that I I'm happy for Raptors fans, and I I will hold on to my, um feelings for the Warriors, but I also, um, <laughs> I'm sure you I'm will. Gonna, I'm, I'm not worried about I'm going to lean into the desire for competition and for excitement. And, um, 
it's funny because my um, my parents, who are Warriors fans, have sort of they kind of turned against the Warriors a little bit when they got Kevin Durant. Um, for the same reason a lot of people I like did. it. I like it. Yeah, so some inner family, <laughs> uh, like verbal uh, whatever. So um, I texted my dad when they beat the Rockets this year, and I was like, Katie's out, and they still did this because he doesn't always watch. But um, <laughs> he was like, yeah, it's way more exciting when he's not there. <laughs> I mean, he just said that. He was like, they play, like the way they play, the style that they play – is so incredible to watch and um and he is and Kevin Durant is also incredible to watch and they can be incredible to watch together but there's something about how they're working when he's not at the center and he was just so quick to to sort of shut it down and be like yeah of course that was exciting like because of this this and this you know and um yeah i just yeah it's like they were they probably stopped being fans because they liked that other style of basketball, like they like the challenge in a way. They, I don't know. It's the homegrown quality too that like Steph and Clay and uh, Draymond were all drafted, and yeah. Oh yeah. So just, I, I gotta, I gotta call, I gotta call you out on something. Yes. I need some explanation. I need some clarification. Oh my gosh! How please. have you been somehow attached to these like two dynasties? Do you root for teams? that lose ever like how are you a Bulls fan and now how are you a Bulls fan I need a little clarification sure um okay so I think I was a Bulls fan in the 90s like um every like how little kids just watch games uh, just like loved Michael Jordan I guess for sure I'm I'm also messing with you okay no I know and it's a totally fair (laughs) question so I am attached to them from like a uh the it was just such a it didn't matter where they were playing at that point um and I I also had been to Warriors games and was a Warriors fan growing up but like the Warriors were never that competitive long term in the playoffs or or not anywhere near the finals during that time so it was like the Bulls were always my my team um so I mean there's and I also I mean I supported the Warriors through the 2000s um and then I I kind of got into the (laughs) Pelicans when I was in New Orleans um and I think I mean someone was asking me the other day what teams I would be comfortable with like beating the Warriors and like or just not sort of hating them and I mean (laughs) I, I don't hate the Raptors and I don't hate the Pelicans like I if the Pelicans are playing the Warriors it would be a it would be like a back and forth for me a little bit like I would I would be hard to root against the Pelicans um oh feel free to <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um that's kind of yeah so we'll we'll see what happens and we'll see where my um this dynasty goes or ends what whatever happens you'll be just fine you'll be <laughs> yeah i will be fine and i mean i think i'll, I'll be even better when it's all over just because well i mean i don't want to say that because i want to be excited about the games but i just yeah, it's just a stressful time of year. No, for... I need I need seven I need seven full games because this is this is a like this is like the dry period once basketball ends. Oh my goodness! Right, and I have I... to start thinking of like preseason football. <laughs> I've actually gotten into the WNBA, um, and there's oh, a team I need to, in yeah. Phoenix, the Phoenix Mercury, um, that are actually pretty good. So um, I'm hoping to go to one of their games and. Yeah, it's just hard because like it it does take a lot out to um, 
you know, to put in so much time watching and keeping up with the playoffs and then to like turn around and like be just as dedicated to the, to the WNBA. It's, it's a, it's, it's a lot, but, um, I'm, I feel I'm like that's go a good it. lane though. I feel like, I don't know of any, I don't actually know of any WNBA podcasts. There's one, well, there's a women's basketball podcast that I listen to that covers both college and the WNBA, um, okay. around okay. the rim. Um, but yeah, that's the only one that I, I know of. And they're, they like are really trying to get a lot, um, in there, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, um, that's just a good way to get out some of my, when I do miss the NBA, um, just because like the, you know, it's, there's just so much more to keep up with and to read about the NBA, which makes it somewhat more exciting. But when I, when I'm actually watching the games, like I don't care, who's playing because it's just exciting either way if it's a good sure. game oh my god women's college basketball i right. there are a few things more exciting than that i love women's college basketball yeah it's been so like the much women's final than... four is always amazing right yeah so we'll see and i hope um and i guess also if you're gonna be getting cable it makes sense that it goes seven games because you can watch all the basketball <laughs> yeah i can on this big screen Let's chat about the. Um, would you have a uh, Pelicans questions or? Uh... <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so, I guess I'm getting mixed messages about the Pelicans because um, David Griffin is saying that Anthony. Uh, there's still a chance that Anthony Davis might. Um, they're really hoping that he stays, and then like every once in a while, something comes out that's like he's definitely still leaving, and. Um, nah, he's yeah. gone. But I mean, do, like, what? So here's my question because Zion's really good and seems like maybe they could fit together in a way that Boogie and Anthony Davis fit together. Um, True. If that makes sense. Sure. So I, I don't. I don't think it's about basketball though, which sounds crazy because, like, if it's about if it was all about basketball, they had the team that went to the swept the Portland Trailblazers, gave the Warriors a kind of competitive series in 2000, was that 2018? And, like, if you're looking for a better basketball situation, there's not a whole hell of a lot else that you could do. Getting Zion even helps that. It's like adding Zion to that team that went to the second round the playoffs a couple of years ago. So I don't think it's about basketball at all. I think it's Anthony Davis having spent seven years in New Orleans, kind of feeling a little too big for the town, wanting greener pastures or more brighter lights. Yeah. And it's, it's all about that. It's like, it's like he's dating someone who like checks all the boxes and it's like, I should like this person, but it's like, "Ah, I just want to trust him. (laughs) but I mean so do you think so it's not about success necessarily or getting farther than he's than he's been I mean that's a part of it because there definitely is a ceiling to New Orleans like there's as a Pelicans fan like I'm a Pelicans fan I'm not even really a Pelicans I'm a Pelicans fan because I like having a basketball team in the town that I live in yeah but I don't actually think the Pelicans are like contenders or close to being a contender in any like meaningful way. 
mostly because they're called the Pelicans. Like, I just don't think that's ever going to... Yeah, like, I have these very, like... Yeah, I, I just think things are so much simpler than we make them. And it's like, oh, where do free agents go? Oh, they go to teams with that sound like winners. <laughs> like Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. It's like, oh, they're called the Warriors, but they've already won championships. Makes perfect with LeBron went to the Lakers. Like Lakers are a historic brand. Like no one, no one is like the the Pelicans are a team where talented, hardworking players come to kind of rehabilitate their careers, and then they go to greener pastures. It's like yeah. a farm system for better teams. <laughs> But that's too, I, mean, so I feel not, like that's too bad because, I mean, I, I guess shitty name and maybe, like, shitty logo. Um, there's something, they really have made that logo so complicated. Something. They, mean, they mean a lot, though. Like, as artists, we know they mean a lot. I like, totally mean, agree. Yeah, they mean that they, like, I was in New Orleans when the team was looking for a new name. And <laughs> the, like haplessness and laziness with which they went about this whole rebranding effort. It's like, I would, if I was a player, I'd be like, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm out of here. Like this is ridiculous. I'm going to places with like cooler jerseys. Whereas the, like a counter example of this is like another new team, which is like the Brooklyn Nets. And you could tell they like cared about every single, it's like, all right, we're going to have these like icy cold black and white jerseys. Like we're going to, like create this new arena. We're gonna have this whole like we're gonna embody something cool yeah. that people want to be around. And yeah, they're a team that's probably gonna score like a couple good free agents this summer. Like these are these choices mean a lot. Like it means that somebody's behind the scenes actually thinking about all of the moving parts and pieces. Whereas in New Orleans, they kind of just like slap this thing together. I don't know. So these things are in the back of Anthony Davis's mind. And I think they're probably in the back of Zion's mind. I wouldn't be surprised if something kind of shakes up. You mean, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like I've been thinking this week about, <laughs> uh, so Steve Francis was one of my favorite players growing up. And Steve Francis famously, um, like, was drafted by the Vancouver Grizzlies, but like put all these things in work in the works to not have to actually play for the Grizzlies and basically force the trade. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Zion did something like that or if something behind the scenes happens and he doesn't necessarily land in New Orleans. Or maybe that's my hope. I don't know if I'm like subconsciously rooting against. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, if I was an all-time prospect, I would not want to play in New Orleans. And that sounds shitty coming from somebody who like likes living in New Orleans. Yeah, and New Orleans is one of the most amazing places, kind of period. Um, yeah, I know it's it's. It, but I it's agree. not about it's not a it's it's about the basket. Like that is the thing where it becomes kind of about the basketball. To like, uh, what is that? like contradict my statement about Anthony Davis wanting to go to a better basketball situation. Like if you think of, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's not about the city you're playing in per se. Like, I think it's about being a part of a team where you know that the team, 
where you know basketball is the priority for that city and that team. Right. Like, Paul George decided to re-sign with Oklahoma City Thunder, not because, like, Oklahoma City is, like, like has Bourbon Street and has all these, like, fun things happening, but it's because everything that goes into the Oklahoma mm-hmm. City Thunder is, like, the priority for that city and that organization. And, yeah, they they realize that they're the stars of the show. Whereas in New Orleans, if Anthony Davis wasn't seven feet tall, like, most people wouldn't even care who the hell he is, like, walking down the street. Right, and, and I agree that the Pelicans tend to feel a little bit like a weird step-sibling of the Saints, where it's like, yeah, it's great that we have this other team, but, like, we don't like it as much, you know? Um, Yeah, it's it's freaking disrespectful. Yes, and if you want to talk about branding and logos, it's like the Saints, like, that is really good, you know? They've got that down. And it's just so, I mean, it just is tied to the culture and the place, and it's like who we are. perfect, it's perfect. Perfect. It is, and the Pel- the Pelicans. You're right. It's just like the the visual. Of the logo is really complicated. You're not sure. You know, is the ball in the mouth? Is it in the claws? Like, what's going on here? And then also, just I know that Pelicans are kind of vicious creatures, but I didn't really know that until they. I mean, that's just not my first yep. association. I'm just like, oh yeah, that that water bird. You know, that's literally what they told you. I have this conspiracy <laughs> that that once they decided to name the team the Pelicans, they put out all of these press releases (laughs) and these guerrilla marketing people to, like, strike up conversations at, like, dinners and bars. And like, you know what? Like, Pelicans are one of the most vicious animals in nature. Like, you didn't know that, huh? It's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. It's like, it's so, it's such bullshit. Like, it's so bullshit. It's not, it's, it's a terrible mascot. It's a terrible name. I actually disagree with it a little bit. I kind of like how crazy the logo is. It's like red-eyed, <laughs> clawing bird. And it has a little bit of this kind of like Art Deco steampunky thing happening. Mm-hmm. But that's another story. It, it's still a terrible logo. No, um, I mean, I can't... It... I really... My, <laughs> my dream would be for the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans to play like an outside of the season series, like seven game series to win the name, the jazz back. That would be so cool. Wow. That is such, um, that is such a good idea. Um, that's just incredible. Why are they the Utah jazz? It's infuriating to me. Well, it's also just like in my head, I kind of, I don't, there's no music I ever associate with Utah. I mean, that's just like not this like cultural turning point. So I'm like, Hell oh, no. like the jazz kind of well, belongs uh, in Louisiana. You know, it's just, it, it, it is a little weird. I do think that the jazz have really killed it lately with their, um, those, uh, red rock, uh, uniforms. Um, I like those. Yes. Yeah. I think they've, <laughs> they've nailed their color scheme, which makes way more sense than purple and blue and whatever was going on in the nineties. But I, yeah, those um, are hideous. Yeah, and then they have this, like... I, I also just think that, like, why can't the Pelicans' colors just be Mardi Gras colors? Like, why do they have to have the special edition? I think the red and the gold and the blue, like, it's just confusing. It's so dumb. See, that's what, like... That's the thing that makes you as a... as a superior basketball player. That's the stuff that makes you, like, kind of sigh as you, like, pull up mm. in your Maserati <laughs> to the practice facility, and you're like, oh, I got to go in this place again where they don't even 
know what the right colors our jersey should be. Like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is where I'm, like, breaking my ankles. And, like, uh, it, I understand. I, I, I've, I'm at peace with it. I've loved watching Anthony Davis play. Mm-hmm. But I'm ready to cut him free. And basically what David Griffin is doing, because he actually is a good GM. Finally, we have a GM. Um, he's just trying to raise the trade value. If if he makes it seem like, oh, there's a chance Anthony Davis might come back, like people are going to put more pieces into the pot to maybe get him. So he's he's oh, not I naive. I don't think games. he knows. I wasn't thinking about oh, that Oh, yeah. Game. I mean, it's just like, because, like, Anthony Davis and his team, like, effed it up last year by being like, oh, right. we're out of here. So it's like, if you do that, we're going to get peanuts for you. Like, if everyone knows you're disgruntled and that you need to get out of here, like, we're not going to get a good trade. So David Griffin's coming in, and priority number one is reestablishing Anthony Davis's trade value. And then at least, like, parties can split knowing that the Pelicans got a decent haul in the trade. That That's my guess. Yeah. Okay. That I makes... just don't think there's any putting the toothpaste back in the tube as far as... Anthony Davis is concerned. I agree. I mean, I think that that's all folks shirt really um, like was just things will never be the same again um, after that. Say that again. Oh, he wore that, that Looney Tunes, oh, yeah, that's, that's all, all folks. folks oh, my and he said it was just a coincidence. Yeah, that's, like, come, come on. on. Like, I know. <laughs> like, mother you could like that's just not even funny like i don't know it's no just i mean just like corny. that's punishing the fans like they're like trying to punish the organization but also just like shitting on the fans like it just didn't make yeah any it's like sense. we didn't name them the pelicans that wasn't our fault i know and <laughs> everyone's like we like you you know just um anyways blah 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 i think um it's interesting what you said. I often just assume that everyone's telling the truth and, like, <laughs> that I just, you know, trust the GMs and, I, everyone, blah, blah, blah. So I think that it's it's good that you're planting the seed of doubt that maybe David Griffin's playing a different li- game. I don't think he's lying. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't mind if Anthony Davis had a change of heart, but I don't think he's naive, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, and so yeah, don't just... don't give up all your faith in humanity yet. Right through David Griffin. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna um, I'll stay strong. I think it's a good point to end on is the humanity <laughs> uh, that I go. won't lose all my faith in humanity. And then David Griffin's not a liar. You're good. Yep. Yes, and then I think that we need and, to talk once sort of free agency shakes out and we see Ooh, what happened yeah. <laughs> and who who decides to go where and the draft happens, we've got to talk again and just come up with some That'll be fun. crazy narratives for next season. Oh, a thousand per- I, I'm sure some crazy... I, I don't think it's going to be a straight Zion to New Orleans. I think something weird is going to happen. Um, yeah. And okay. then also, hopefully I've been a good... like listening ear as far as like your worry your warriors worries mm, you're yeah. fine yes no I, I appreciate the perspective and it was good to say some of those things out loud because they are ridiculous and i know and i just <laughs> i think it's nice to hear someone Clay, say is gonna be fine he'll be fine <laughs> no, no I, he's, yes. beloved, he's beloved in china and he's got like a, like a 
lucrative sneaker deal over there. He drinks chocolate milk. I mean, how bad could he this like be? He drinks chocolate milk. And he's like six foot seven. And he lives in like San Francisco. And he's got millions of dollars in the bank. And his brother plays professional baseball. And his dad plays professional basketball. Like, He's got a lovely, lovely life. Yes, he has three rings. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, three rings. Um, this is ridiculous. Now that you've we've made this list, and maybe I just need to make more lists of reasons why to have very little sympathy for basketball players. I think that's maybe an exercise I could do if if you as my basketball therapist are prescribing that. Um, I could kind yeah. of work <laughs> they'll be they'll be just fine. Great. Well, thanks for reminding me of that. And also that basketball is amazing because it's uh, can, you know, the highest highs and the lowest lows and it encapsulates everything. So it's also really important. I like them both. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. So great. And we'll talk soon. And um, definitely always a pleasure. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. Yep, Abigail, congrats again on the the big news for y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's so exciting. It just, you know, we've, of course, talked about it before, but um, I wasn't expecting it, and, yeah, it's it's really exciting. There you go. All right. You can have a, a Warriors-themed uh, 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 wedding. <laughs> well, Curveball, he's rooting for the Raptors, so. <laughs> Ooh, I, I like know. it. I like it. I should have been like, could you wait like two weeks and I'll get back to you? Because I don't know how all of this is going to play out. <laughs> no, it'll see, that's just stuff that puts it all into perspective that it's like a kid's game played by like adults. Right. Like real life things don't actually. It doesn't actually rank up there with, like, real life things. <laughs> of course. No, this is, um, yeah, wh- whatever team he wants, whatever he wants to happen to Kevin Durant, like, I will still marry him. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> hey, hey, that, 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 that's still your choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true love. Um, okay, well, we will talk soon. Yep, have a good one. You too. Bye, Abdi.